Ah, uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer. This is the Evolution of Movie Show, and I am joined, as always, by Andy Rossi. And this week, we have a very special guest, the always funny Dax Jordan. Thanks for being on the show with us. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself and how your day is going. Hey, it's great for you to have me. Um, That's it. <laughs> Having myself a nice little comedy career interrupted by real life. And uh, yeah, got stand up shows. Check me out at Dax Jordan or AKA Prince Coolwin. Prince Coolwin. <laughs> Prince Coolwin. We're going to talk all about that screen name you have there. Uh, but first, for anyone who's new to the show, this is the Evolution of Movies show. We talk about movies book club style, but we call it the Evolution of Movies because we always pick a movie that came out one year after the last movie we talked about. So we started in 1980, then 1981, 82. Now we're all the way to 1983, back in a time when theaters had hits like Scarface, The Outsiders, and of oh. course... Flash dance, but we're not talking about any of those. We're talking about Kroll, a movie IMDb <laughs> describes as a prince and his fellowship of companions set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on their home planet. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't have a score for this, but the audience score is 51%. Technically oh. not our lowest rating because there's not a, a Rotten Tomatoes uh, rank on it. Hmm. I saw this once as a kid randomly on TV, and I had no idea what I was watching, but I absolutely loved it. Dash, yeah. had just seen this movie before, and what were your thoughts going into it this time around? Well, uh, Jack, where did you grow up? What city were you in? Tacoma, Washington. That's right. You were a Tacoma guy. Um, yep. If you grew up in Los Angeles, uh, KTLA had two movies that they played every weekend, it seemed like. <laughs> Kroll and Beastmaster. Yes. <laughs> if you were a kid in LA, you caught the four by three pan and scan edited for TV versions of these movies were just on nonstop between every infomercial and cartoon for some reason. So while I, why don't why don't they keep doing it? <laughs> that maybe they do. <laughs> Who's watching KTLA to find out? I don't know. Um Beastmaster, so, a, a classic, by the way. Who didn't want a pair of ferrets after watching that movie? Dude, right? Biceps and ferrets. That's all you wanted after that movie. Um, so I I don't think I've ever sat and watched this movie all the way through. I've only ever just seen it in chunks, you know, between right. Pop-Tarts and riding bikes um, as a kid. Uh, also today. Um, and I definitely had never seen the actual widescreen version of it because it was always 4-3 pan and scan for TV. So I never knew the cinematography was good. Right. <laughs> until watching it this time you're right as you say that i'm realizing i never actually sat like and watched it it was always just on you catch it yeah. on tv and see little clips of it yeah uh, it's not like a movie where your friend sits you down and goes we gotta watch curl <laughs> or your dad is like all right son you're old enough it's time we took <laughs> in curl right uh though i feel like my dad uh did me a disservice by not doing that now that i look back at it mm. uh andy rossi was the rotten tomato score accurate what a zero or a not so, nothing an n a yes uh, not applicable <laughs> scoring is not applicable to this movie <laughs> yeah uh, I, how, how do you feel about the 51 percent <laughs> this is uh, so we're doing this evolution of movies thing and we started in 1980 <laughs> with flash gordon which got like a 60 something percent so mm. uh i think it's all relative so i suppose the 51 makes sense yeah 
that's one of the problems with this show is we did watch Flash Gordon. I was like, shoot, this is more Flash Gordon than, uh, or this is, this genre feels like Flash Gordon hit it out of the park a little bit better than Kroll did. Uh, mm. So I feel like we may have, we may have uh, done these in a bad order, but this is still, <laughs> still a good, a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, I was watching it with a little bit of a cringe, knowing that uh, we were going to talk about it because a little bit of my childhood was tied into this one. Yeah, uh, right. Uh, How did it compare to your childhood memory of it? <laughs> there was definitely this movie, and we'll get into it. But it definitely felt like this was a movie that they were writing as they were making it. Like, oh, what if we did this too? Okay, yeah, and then this happens. Okay, let's add this in because some definitely. of you, like, you didn't need to do a lot of the stuff that they do in this movie, but they did. They went the extra mile, I think. Yeah. How do so? How do you want to discuss so, it? We take it we'll, frame by frame. We'll, it. What's we'll, our? We'll take it frame by frame. But first, I always want to take a second to thank everyone who's watching. So if you could share, comment, subscribe, five star review, like all that good stuff, always appreciated. Whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, whatever. Now we're gonna go through this movie. We start with a magic starfish flying through space and fantasy music trumpeting as a giant space rock heads towards a planet before landing in a desert. And would you look at that? It's actually a castle. The narrator lets us know that a beast and his slayers enslave planets and that they're coming to this world Kroll. Also, a princess is going to get married and rule the world and her son will rule the galaxy, which is great timing because a wedding is about to happen between a prince and a princess uniting two kingdoms that hate each other in an effort to fight the slayers. The slayers catch word of it and attack the wedding, climbing the walls like Spider-Man and shooting lasers from their <laughs> swords. The prince tries to fight them off, but it's not enough as the slayers make off with the princess. Dax, this is the opening scene of this movie. Tell us about the world that we are going to be living in for the next two hours. <laughs> wow. I mean, you got fantasy meets sci-fi. Yes. Never a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it, when has that ever worked? It's a horrible idea. Uh, it, yeah. Even if it's Star Wars, the more it leans into fantasy, the worse it gets. It's right. <laughs> Yeah. So you, you got your bad guys with swords that shoot lasers. Yes. Sometimes. So for the first like third of the movie, I was trying to figure out like the logistics of the laser swords. Yeah. Because I was convinced from that first scene, the, they only get one shot. I'm like, okay, so you're, you have a laser sword, but you only get one, la one laser shot. After that, it's just a spear. Right. Uh, and the guys are, are slow marching. <laughs> They're not exactly good at moving the guys who wield them i'm like okay so they get their one shot and after that then you bop them in the head and the uh, worm thing comes out because they're just <laughs> right. worms in people-sized outfits for some reason <laughs> um but the whole yeah the whole setup uh they create this mythology out of nowhere that doesn't seem to have any basis that we knew about like okay we're really world building here are we gonna yeah. care i guess we'll find out yeah, and you you make a good point about the clash of the fantasy and the sci-fi because that was something when I was thinking about reviewing this movie on paper, it sounds like such a cool idea. It sounds so fun to think of what if you have these guys with swords fighting aliens with lasers, you have all this stuff coming together. But Andy, I want you to kind of build off that a little bit. Oh Tell gosh. us about this clash of 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 wizards and warriors versus aliens and lasers. 
I, I wrote a lot of notes for this one. There's a lot going on here. So let's just talk about the beginning. And the, I guess the 80s had these long credits. The credit scene takes forever. And I noticed Liam Neeson was in the opening credits. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. What? Um, yeah. But I had one forgotten thing, that entirely. Yeah. The story. So this, yeah, he's trying to forget. <laughs> the score is amazing. Like in the beginning, it sounds like the Olympics or some kind of big moment is happening. And then they like bring it down for like this dark score. And I was just like, man, who, it seems like um, they they really went all in on the film composer because the composer yeah. was great. James Horner is one <laughs> like, of the biggest of all time. <laughs> and right. later I found out it's James Horner. I'm like, oh, OK, makes sense. Um, yeah. But I thought it was funny, like like Dax had said, they're they're really slow. Like they're fighting in that scene is just like really slow, and I couldn't figure out exactly, uh, yeah, what they were fighting with. And I thought it was interesting how the prince Coolwin, <laughs> he's 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 making out with this princess like it's the end of the movie. So I thought that was <laughs> I, don't know why. I thought that was funny. Yeah, but very like they slow had fighting. Spent time together. Yes. <laughs> in terms of pacing you find out right off the bat what you're up against you apparently have a filmmaker who doesn't understand how time works <laughs> right well and it's interesting again talking about the things that like it felt like they said yeah we'll add this in we'll add that in like they have these two kingdoms that don't want to work together by the way never comes up again throughout the rest of this movie has nothing to do with anything else in the movie but in this yeah. beginning it's a big to do about how we're bringing these kingdoms together to fight the slayers. It's a big deal to do the kings like each other or not. I don't know. Doesn't matter. What, one thing. I, one thing I gotta add. Aside. Yep. <laughs> and one credit I have to add is I just thought it was funny. I, I've never seen this movie, so I have had no idea what to expect. Unbelievable. In the credits, it says the last credit, which is usually given to like the big and and introducing or with blah blah blah. It said, I forget her her name, uh, the actor's name, but. It says the widow of the web. So the whole movie I was going, I can't wait for whatever it is. The widow of the web is. So I just thought oh, that was funny. And it was worth the wait. Was it not? <laughs> um, we'll I, see. I did want to give a shout out in a lot of ways, though, to the character design of the Slayers. They did look big, like big, evil kind of beetle creatures, which yeah. stood out. I want to I do want to give them that. And they were. It, it, this was again things that don't seem like they mattered later on. Like here, they're climbing up the walls like gravity doesn't exist. But later <laughs> in the movie, never happens. They never go back to that. And like Dax says, they're shooting like one laser at a time, which makes total sense. But that's the problem. We're using logic here. You got to yeah. throw that out the window. Uh, it makes sense that you get one shot with the laser, then you fight like regular. But then later in the movie, they're just blasting these things like nonstop, like, like nonstop. Uh, just a, a very peculiar way to get this movie but it, so far this deep into the movie i'm like i get it okay guys prince's princess gets kidnapped mm -hmm. he wants to marry her whatever uh but we get into the aftermath of the attack and an old man is poking around and heals colwyn because why help the poor and needy when you can help the one percent the old man is known, the old man is known as the old one because people are just ruthless in this in this place. Uh, and he gives Colwyn what looks like a spinner necklace. The guy just 
the guy who just a moment ago was calling himself a warrior starts crying about everything that's <laughs> happening before eventually following the old man to the black fortress. <sighs> they, they go to find the glaive, a weapon atop a mountain. He goes into a cave and reaches into what looks like lava and pulls out a ma the magic starfish switchblade knife we saw fly through space. Meanwhile, the princess is in the eyelid of the beast who says he's going to marry her. Um, if, so, okay. So, Dax, okay. I want to talk about this, uh, this sudden change of bravery from Prince Colwyn, who before when he's talking to the princess is like, I'll fight the world for you. Ha ha. But then after he gets beat up by these slayers, he's like crying. I've lost a princess and a kingdom. Woe is me. How am I supposed to respect this guy? Well, I'll tell you, uh, somebody gives uh, the, the, the princess a piece of advice before, uh, before they leave. And they say, uh, good fighters make bad husbands. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. They said that to her like, whoa. So, right. uh, well, he's not a good fighter. <laughs> He's a good husband. <laughs> I just needed to establish that. Right. <laughs> He's a lover, not a fighter. Clearly. Yeah, that way we could agree with the, yeah, this Patrick Swayze meets Harrison Ford looking, who the hell is this guy situation. He's so right. smiley. Even when he wakes up out of his dream, that's one of my favorite uh, parts of his acting is he's like sleeping and then he just goes, ah, Lissa. Yeah. <laughs> Shoots oh. Wait, are you the old one? <laughs> the old... He, I'm not that old. Jeez. I mean, like, yeah. 60. He's like, they really no. olded him up with like old English style, crazy yeah. facial hair. It'd be great if he was like, no, that's someone else. I'm just like <laughs> down the street. I heard a ruckus and came to help. I'm middle aged, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm 40. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's just and... hard to live in Kroll. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah. Curl, tough life on curl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when so, he gets the glaive, like, how does the, the knife not cut him in the wrist? Like, he just knew that those knives were just going to spit out at that certain time. I was kind of worried about him. And he puts yeah. his hand in lava. Like, how is his hand not burning? It's very confused. It, I, I, think, I think the idea is that it was fake lava. And he had to be brave enough to put his hand into this fake mm. lava to find out it wasn't real lava. But did Phoebe Wan Kenobi warn him about that? <laughs> no. Oh, no. No. Well, that, I, that's what I loved about Obi One Kenobi. By the way, I love that nickname, and it will probably <laughs> stick. Uh, I love how he's like, "If you don't return with the glaive, you won't return at all." It was just in a cave on the top of the mountain. It was, if you're a mountain climber, you can get it. There was no real test. It was just kind of sitting there. Oh. And in the 15 minutes of climbing that mountain sequence, I was just gonna say that <laughs> beautifully shot. Just little guy bouncing around, walking on rocks. It's not like he had ropes. No. <laughs> Why did they have that for so long? I'm like, man, they could easily cut this pretty, pretty much this whole. Oh, scene. this movie had more padding than my mom's bra. It was <laughs> like filled out. The movie's like two hours on the dot, so they yeah. must have had like a, a studio contract. You give me a two-hour epic film or nothing, right? So, all right. Well, we do got this B-roll of him climbing a mountain for about 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's throw that in there. Yeah, toss it in. As I was watching that, I kept trying to pull back the curtain and think about, like, in real life, I could imagine him, like, 
just crawling around and, and he'd be like, is that good? We good? And the director going, no, no, no. Keep crawling. Just keep, <laughs> keep, keep crawling. Keep going. Dude, I hurt I've my foot. This- Use your other foot. I've been on this mountain all day. We got enough footage. Nope. These leather pants smell real bad right now. <laughs> keep crawling. Uh, Andy, how is this beast that can put this girl in his eyelid going to marry this girl? And why is well- he interested in her? Oh, the Beast has the best line in this part, too. He says, and I wrote this down. He says, you were brought here for a marriage. I will give you jewels. He knows what a woman wants. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I never understood him so far. Uh, I guess I never really do understand him. But apparently, is is she living in his, in him? And he's going on record saying that the Beast is just misunderstood. (laughs) (laughs) I, stand I mean, by the, it. the production design of his of that castle is very like ribs and innards, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind it, of a feel like, yeah, is she in him? It, the hand thing? She's like standing on a hand looking outcropping and there's an eyeball. Yeah. I, I, again, it felt like this whole movie just like what they, it felt like someone said, what if she's like in him? And they're like, OK, let's do that. And then <laughs> they never really get around to answering why they just say, OK, next we'll do this. I don't get it. Oh, there's a lot of next we'll do this too. Um, So the old man tells us that the black fortress is constantly moving. And the only way to find it is to find the blind seer Uh, on the way. A guy falls from nowhere into a pond (laughs) next to our heroes. And he's a very incapable wizard, apparently before turning himself into a fat, ugly goose. He's about to go on his own way before a giant cyclops (laughs) scares him into friendship with the heroes they come ac- across some escaped prisoners and Colwyn convinces them to join him on a trip to the Black Fortress by <sighs> proving he's the king and unlocking the shackles of the prisoners as the Cyclops watches on. While this happens, the Black Fortress relocates from a desert to the Arctic and the Beast says the princess can go anywhere she wants because she's going to rule the universe. And he actually sounds kinder than the prince who was like, I'm not going to follow you around. I. I'm kind of thinking as, test, that. as I'm watching this, the the beast actually doesn't sound like a bad guy. He's like, yeah, do whatever <laughs> you want. I want to marry you. I'm going to give you jewels. Go wherever you want. You're going to rule the galaxy. Be yourself. And then she's falling all over this guy who's like, I'm not a puppy dog going to do what you want. I might not be around. I'm a warrior. Oh, my wedding got ruined. I mean, I, <laughs> am I wrong for kind of being on team beast here? <laughs> Um, well, yeah, obviously that's stupid, Jack. <laughs> Any woman wants to be with a more Han Solo type guy who's just like, uh, maybe I'll pay attention to you. Bring it's me my player. beard oil, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, what are, you, what are you, crazy? We got a hero here. We have a hero, Jack. I mean, she could rule the universe, and this guy's just going to leave her on red. I don't know what she's doing. A universe of what? Lamos, no. <laughs> she wants to rule one guy who she has to constantly keep an eye on. Uh, speaking of one guy who rules, Liam Neeson, Andy, is this where he learned all his skills? <laughs> These are particular <laughs> skills he had. <laughs> <laughs> it it did look funny seeing he, him amongst all these crew of flunkies, I guess. You know? And and my favorite one though is the guy that comes in. There's like a, a fireball that flies by and uh, cool wind. All he does is smile at the fireball, which turns into a man, and they seem like, to have no reaction to this. Who then? No, this happens all the time. 
Yeah, yeah. this happens all the time on Kroll is a, right. a shapeshifter is a comet that crashes nearby all the time. Yeah. And, and he turns into the goose, which I, which I was just like, okay, this is, I don't, I can't explain this movie anymore. And then, <laughs> and then you see a, a Cyclops, which is the most terrifying looking like makeup job with the weird ass eye. Like, I don't know. I was just like, what is happening? What world is this? I don't understand. Oh, and another cameo too is um, the guy, Robbie Coltrane that played Hagrid. He's he's got the little uh, conquistador mustache. <laughs> Honestly, I thought that once we got to that group of criminals that turned into a gang, I'm like, this is a Shakespearean troupe. These like the acting level of the movie went up 20 percent in quality. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. And those guys showed up like every one of those people was like a quality actor who for some I felt like those guys got together and thought. All right, this script sucks, but we have a chance to kind of do our own thing and try to elevate this material and make each other look good. The those guys are on their own, but but we're actually going to be good. I was all of a sudden like, okay, these guys, these guys, they get it. That is true. It, it was weird seeing them as the sidekicks and people with barely any time when they're the better actors of the group. Yeah, but they're all like the throwaway characters. <laughs> yeah, they had. They seem to have their own like backstories. Like they had their own things going on. They, they brought full characters to the screen as opposed to everyone else we had seen so far. Yeah, a lot of these guys. Yeah, it felt like they were like, okay, here is your backstory. Here's your character, and they'd have like I can imagine them having like a fifty-page document on who their character is, and they're like, great, how many lines do I have in the movie? Three. Right. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to hear much from you the rest of this way. But there's a uh, redemption arc in your mind somewhere. Just keep yeah. it there. Um, there is a, a a very cool line I like where the guy says, um, fame is an empty purse. Count it. You're broke. Eat it. Go hungry. Seek it and go mad. I feel like that one, especially in this day of social media, actually kind of hit pretty hard. I was like, wow, that was, a, that was kind of right. deep. Yeah. Who said that? The leader of the the flunkies, oh yeah, the flunky hill the, gang, the the professional actor. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why the line hit for me. It was, it was yeah. actually by a real actor. Uh, why, also, why did they help him? By the way, like I was thinking about this this whole time. If I'm like out and about with my with my crew, and some guy, some lame prince who's very smiley, is like, "We're going to save a princess," I'd be like, mm, "Good luck." You, to me, it seemed like the um, the the prince showed like an appreciation for their skill and their mm. bond. Like, whereas everybody else was just afraid, he was kind of like, "Aha! I'll take on this challenge." But hey, wait, you guys are actually got a thing here. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, uh, but it, it led to that thing about the shackles, like the king having the key to every single <laughs> shackle in yeah, the kingdom. Right. There's right. a master key on his belt. Well, I feel like we're in a universe that has laser guns, but shackle technology is such that there's one key. All shackles just use the same key that one guy has. Right. That feels like it'd be pretty easy to then just find a way to pick any lock as well. Yeah. If if you can pick one lock, you can pick them all. And I was going to say, too, I think one of the reasons they liked uh, Colwyn here and they ended up working with him is the old one really set the tone here again they were like oh you're part of the 1% well let me drop everything I've been working on to help you mm-hmm. yeah this whole idea that there's <laughs> something special about kings 
Yeah. Oh, the king. Okay. Well, <laughs> sure. You put me in prison just recently, but I guess I'll help you out any way I can. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm taking this stance. The wizard goes to get some berries and almost gets slayed, but the Cyclops saves him? The old man tells them the Slayers took the second eyes of all the Cyclopses in exchange to see the future, but the only future they can see is the day they die. The heroes walk into a hidden cave where the blind seer uh, tries to tell them where the Black Fortress is, but a hand crushes his vision. The gang needs to go to a great swamp where the beast's power doesn't reach, which isn't all that true because the Slayers attack them in that swamp. A fight breaks out, but our heroes prevail. Um, now, Andy, this is where we kind of get a side group here of Cyclops, Ergo, and the young boy. Yeah, we do. The Cyclops gave me nightmares. This is, but he had such a, like a nice, calming, nice voice. So he was just a very misunderstood Cyclops. And yeah. I thought something was going to happen with that boy. I thought maybe he was like had some magical powers or something. But he, I think he was just a boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ergo's Ergo's the goose guy, right? Yeah, yeah. The 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 great and mighty, tall in stature and narrow, wide of vision. <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, he's got a, he's got a whole catchphrase for himself that kind of was real clunky. But the kid, <laughs> every time the kid would talk about Ergo, he had such a British accent. He, I, I was all the way through the movie when I'm like, is this guy's name Uggo? Like U G G O? This is that's really rude. Like Uggo, Uggo. <laughs> oh, Ergo, just spoken with a horrible accent. Okay, Ergo. I do I like the seer though. How the seer? Like I was wondering about the seer because he's like. He's just hanging out all by himself, pretty much. Well, he's got the boy with, the with him. Boy, right? which is very <laughs> <Yeah>. suspect. <laughs> That's all and I was going to say. Let me feel yeah. you with my hands. <laughs> it's just weird. It's like, what's this guy oh, doing? Oh, you've grown so much. Seems <laughs> <laughs> a little weird. I don't know. Maybe it's different times. But how did, like, when they're filming that and, like, writing that in, not looking at each other, like, this feels a little weird, doesn't it? <laughs> in 1983, they don't they didn't see that kind of stuff. No. I, I, I love the part, though, where uh, Ergo, Ergo uh, he's like, do you have any candy? And I, that's not, he's like, that, not, that's not impressive. <laughs> takes his candy, takes his cinnamon roll or whatever it was he was eating. Uh, yeah. I, Ergo is kind of a dick. I, I, he was one of my favorite characters. I liked him. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of weird. Um, uh, I love that the that Blind Seer gets uh, star 69, though. <laughs> he does. like he's never had somebody call him back before oh shit <laughs> that'd be great he opens his eyes and, oh yeah. dang someone's here nice okay Let's, I thought this was a one-way deal we should stop doing this this is embarrassing <laughs> yeah um something else again this is another one of those moments where they do something that doesn't really matter the thief uh takes some emeralds but then they turn into rocks later and that's just another thing that, like Again, we talk about this being two hours on the dot, and you're like, well, that didn't even like, why did you do that? Like, what? Mm -hmm. I'm a big, I, I want things to pay off. That's all I'm asking for. Yeah, yeah, that's it. At least he could have used that rock in a slingshot or something. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. I mean, if this movie was like an hour 20, I'd go, okay, you're, you're trying to fill up some time, but you don't need to drag this thing on for two hours or stuff like that. So, uh, back at the Black Fortress, the princess sees her wedding dress and she just hates it. Uh, mm -hmm. In the swamp, the men are trying to get out of quicksand, but not all of them make it, uh, particularly the seer 
who doesn't see a clone coming and gets choked out with some long fingernails. The clone then infiltrates the hero's group. Just as the clone is about to kill Colwyn, the Cyclops, who saw the dead body of the real seer, hucks a lawn dart at the clone, and the clone dies in a very disturbing way. With the seer gone, the only way to find the Black Fortress is to speak with the dangerous Widow of the Web. On the way to the Widow of the Web, Ergo turns into a puppy for the little boy, showing he has some heart after all. Andy, I just want to talk to you about this, this clone. Again, you get the clone. And then he dies right away. And now, like, oh, yeah, the whole mess with seeing the seer in the first place didn't really matter. But we get this death scene. I want you to talk to me about how this clone died in what is going to give me nightmares for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, I wrote I wrote the old man is regurgitated, question mark. <laughs> I don't know. It was, wow. It was, it was very strange. Yeah. Um, I actually thought it was pretty cool, though, like to to make that happen it seemed a little unexpected i thought the seer was gonna the seer we knew was gonna die at some point because he's old (laughs) (laughs) they always kill off the old guy an old blind guy's not gonna make it too far i I did feel like everyone everyone i did feel like everyone old owed the old one an apology after seeing how old (laughs) the blind seer was (laughs) oldish oldish one middle-aged one okay (laughs) And yeah. I, you know what, I, the guy that 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 dies in the uh, quicksand, his name was, I believe, Menno, and <laughs> I just thought it was interesting how Menno was was sinking, and then he threw his backpack to them. He's like, "Here, take my backpack," and they're like, "Oh yeah, all right," and they got the backpack, <laughs> and then kind of didn't really try to get him after that. <laughs> It is my diary is in here. Don't read it. <laughs> they get the backpack. They're like, oh, good. We were scared we were going to lose this. Yeah. <laughs> got a flashlight. Oh, he's got one of those swords that shoots lasers. He's had the whole time. So, um, uh, oh, uh, hold on. In yeah. this swamp, when they're walking through the swamp, the thing I remembered most dialogue wise as a kid was when they were walking through and, uh, they ask the Cyclops what he would wish for more than anything. And he says, ignorance. <laughs> and that's the end of the scene. Like we're that's just left sense. on this note of this Cyclops that wished he didn't know what his death was going to be. You know, that was actually a very, it, I feel like there, that was something they could have pulled some more, you know, peeled the onion on a little bit. The fact that the Cyclops could see his death and that was like this, this, bargain with the slayers in the past and all this other stuff that felt like the thing they could have pulled pulled some some string on or, or peeled the onion on mm-hmm. as opposed to some of the other stuff that was like okay climb a mountain for an hour i don't know whatever <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah yeah um but dax we did get this part where ergo turns into a little puppy and this guy who was kind of an idiot before is still kind of an idiot but now we're like oh he cares about the little kid mm-hmm. and not just gooseberry pie which he brings up Nine or ten times. <laughs> he, he does. I, I think he owns stock in gooseberry pies sales because he does try to. He, I, he was he was just shy of saying use my promo code gooseberry pie <laughs> slash fat uh, <laughs> <at> goose. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so the gang grabs some food from some girls they know uh, in the Black Fortress. The princess is still sort of just running around while the beast does some pretty cool tricks, including showing a hussy who was sent to hook up with the quote boy King. And even mm. though she was supposed to kill him, she loves him also. So the beast kills her and the beast <laughs> says, look, I'll stop the slayers. If you just marry me, 
While this happens, the old man goes to a giant spider's web and talks to Lissa. She gives him some time to get get through the web to chat with her. She says she had a son with the old man, but killed the son since she couldn't kill the old man. So her punishment is living with the spider. They make amends. She helps find the black fortress and gives the old man her hourglass sand to hold up the spider. But in doing so allows herself to be eaten by the spider. Also the old man dies anyways. <laughs> Andy, this feels like the most, now, I, I'm really, I want you to talk about The Widow of the Web, but I'm just going to preface it by saying, is this the most overwritten part of any movie you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> yes. And they put all that time into the, into the I'm doing air quotes, into the writing, and uh, didn't spend a lot of time on making that spider look very believable. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? That was an amazing spider. Did, did the spider, did The Widow of the Web live up to your expectations? No, uh, not at all. Not for me. I was really expecting this to be like this crate. Like I thought she was going to be made of like spiders. Like she was going to have eight legs or something. I was, I was ready for something really terrifying. And she just kind of looked like an old lady and then looked like a younger lady. But their dialogue was so weird. Like just that she killed the sun and then here's some sand. I was just like, okay. Dax, I love how the guy she says, I, I had your son and then I killed him. And the and the old man's like, eh. I have forgiven ye already. <laughs> I wasn't gonna raise that kid anyways. <laughs> it was a long time ago. I'm old. Right. Yeah. And her name's yeah. Lissa. They're both named Lissa. Yeah. That's what makes it an ancient name. Yes. As they as foretold in the prophecy. A young yes. woman with an ancient name, because that's the old version of the name, I guess. That's what I'm gathering. Yeah, they did um, They did say that. You're right. Also feels a little bit like someone just wanted to add a few too many bells and whistles. <laughs> bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would have listened to all of that horrible dialogue for hours on end <laughs> if I didn't have to listen to this screeching noise that the spider makes. <laughs> yeah that was such yeah. a noise. the sound design of the spider's noise was absolutely one of the most unpleasant experiences i've ever sat through uh, <laughs> i hope that that was i think maybe they edited some of that out of the tv version because i don't remember it being that bad but back like, to the the score was still unbelievable <laughs> the score was still fantastic um which by the way on the on the note of the score um James Horner also did uh, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, uh, the year before, in 82. And the entire movie, I was like, I think that bit is from Wrath of Khan. I think that's, <laughs> like, the music is indecipherable. So I have, uh, and I'll share it later, um, YouTube side-by-side -side of, oh. uh, of the two scores oh. we, can, we can listen to. And you can see which, <laughs> if you could see just how similar they are. He was, he was killing it because he was on. I think he did 48 hours as well, Jack. Wow. All the movies we're talking about are um, James are Horner. James Horner. Yeah, he was probably like, look, I'm such a big deal after Wrath of Khan. And then he got this role. And he's like, whatever, man. I'm just going <laughs> to just use some scraps. Copy okay. paste. Yeah. According <laughs> to Wikipedia, some of this score actually made its way into Aliens. So James <laughs> Horner's just uh, a one trick pony living off of one yeah. score. Yep. But good on him. Happy for him. I will Which say then this got into Titanic. This I'll be, I thought this spider scene was kind of tense, though, like him crawling around and the spider bouncing around, making this horrible sound. Uh, <laughs> but again, I get to this and I think about 
you could have cut everything from when they left the castle originally to them going to the widow of the web and the story would have turned out exactly the same. You don't really need any of that. You don't need them going to the seer. You don't need mm -hmm. them going through the swamp. You could have literally had them leave the castle and go straight to the widow of the web. And the story plays out. Essentially some sick Cyclops action though. <laughs> the, the Cyclops was coming anyway. He was following him. He was, he was, he was staring him down the he whole time. He was, uh, so that was, this was where I was starting to feel like, okay, guys, I, I get that. Like, I feel like they've overbuilt this world. This was where I was thinking, if this was a Marvel movie, you could tell they are planting seeds to make spinoffs of all these people. But yeah, back one in the, the 80s, no, no. One of the reviews I read said uh, the, it, the story plays out like a book report of Lord of the Rings by someone who never read the book. <laughs> <laughs> they were That's just funny. making up what they think Lord of the Rings was about. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a spider, there's a cyclops, there's a yeah, guy that thinks in quicksand, there's an old like, man, he's blind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so girls have the same name. There's a big eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> the beast. Yeah. This is so so the old man dies telling them where the, the black fortress is gonna be, but the gang is gonna need some fire mares, obviously. God. So uh to make it to the iron desert in time. Fortunately, there's just a couple nearby. So they get those, but the Cyclops, however, stays back because it's his time to die. They ride across Kroll, they get to the fortress, and are fighting their way in when the Cyclops storms in anyways. He acts like a human, a, or a, a Cyclops shield, and <laughs> leads the charge into the castle. He holds open the door for everyone to get into the castle before getting squished. Um, <laughs> well how do you describe it andy why are you laughing he got squished yeah and the prince just leaves him okay. the, the funniest thing in the world would have been for them to the obvious choice was for him to get squished and just for that eye to start popping out <laughs> and then it explodes oh yeah it pops out and hits one of them <laughs> oh. yep <laughs> Oh, that would have been amazing. Um, again, I think I, I liked, I thought that was an interesting thing that the idea of like, if you accept your death, it's fine. But if you fight it, it will be painful. He fights it. It is painful. But they kind of just brush that aside. I mean, they spent 45 minutes talking about the love affairs of the old man. But this <laughs> very dark and twisted fate that the Cyclops must except and he never told us what his other fate was like he was supposed no. to just stay there and like trip on a rock and <laughs> like cut himself and go septic and dies of blood toxicity or <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe he saw that's what it was He's like oh shoot might as well go home <laughs> um, so andy again these these fire mares visually Okay, special effects is 80s. I can't really comment too much on special effects. Uh, the idea of fire behind these horses, I get. But again, it felt like another thing that just, I mean, okay, fire mares. Yeah. Let's do it. Why not? Okay. Yeah, just, just I, I thought they were, I, I wasn't expecting them to fly like freaking reindeer, uh, <laughs> but they did. And of course. That was, that was uh, my probably biggest laugh out loud moment. <laughs> I wasn't expecting them to to start flying over a mountain, but I was kind of like at this point, I'm like any I'll accept everything. What, what, whatever yeah. happens, I, I get it. One of the problems with that kind of thing is you you have this great 
photorealistic cinematography of you know riding horses through beautiful valleys and then you start adding in special effects elements and it gets more and more hokey looking Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you have just a guy riding a horse and nothing but green screen behind him which is obviously like darker and uglier so you're slamming gears back and forth between Mm -hmm. different you know types of visuals yeah, there was no other way other way they could have done it but it still it takes you out of it yeah pick pick a side just like the genre <laughs> pick a genre yeah yeah I, I was thinking as i was watching this that maybe that's just the um what you have to deal with in the early 80s but then i was thinking no star wars came out before that and they didn't have as many um rough special effects like that um, yeah but they spent they spent more times on sets i think like yeah. they weren't out in the open as much well i guess the tattoo no that's not true but they yeah they didn't they knew what not to combine they knew right. what you couldn't go from one thing to the other yeah so um we, we we're in the castle uh now it's the gang running around the black fortress as the stormtroopers shoot at them from all directions some of them die some get separated some get impaled by spikes ergo becomes a hero turning into a tiger and going beast mode on some slayers when the path is blocked, Colwyn throws that five-sided switchblade and it goes to work. It breaks the princess free and starts wrecking the castle. At this point, the glaive is kind of doing all the real work as it fights the giant beast spinning and cutting and eventually injures the beast. But it's not the glaive that the beast can't stop. It's true love. And with that love, Colwyn shoots fire from his hands like a Super Mario brother that's high on flower power and burns the beast to death. As the castle crumbles, they collect their friends and burn their way out. The prince and the princess become king and queen, and the leader of the outlaws becomes the Lord Marshal. I'm also told their son ends up ruling the galaxy, but I'm sure it's through diplomacy and not through some conquering beast kind of way. Or fire hands. <laughs> or fire hands. Andy, to your point about the, the fire mares, there is this this part. This is like I think the fire mare part is probably where it happened for me too, but you do kind of get to this point where you're like, okay. Whatever you're going to throw at me, it's fine. And then, I, I, yeah, like, yeah, at this point, I'm just like, okay, oh, you shoot fire? Of course you shoot fire. Of course, of course this thing flies around. Um, But I want to talk to this. What was the beast exactly? I felt like that whole scene was very, I don't know what's actually happening right now. I I don't know either. He was like a giant creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, I couldn't figure out how big he was because it was, I'm fairly certain it was a guy in like an animatronic or he's not a guy in an animatronic suit. He was a guy in a suit, right? Rubber suit. Yeah. Yeah. But he, so I'm like, Oh, he's normal size, but I'm like, no, I think he's supposed to be like really big. And then was she living in his eye? So I I was, I was, I need help me out guys. Was the cat, were we in him in the castle or was he in the castle that looked like him? Right. Um, (laughs) So, someone online had, had a good thought about how you you never see like just a direct straight view of him that's always kind of gauzy or from a weird angle <laughs> yeah. or slightly yeah. elongated or through a weird lens, almost as if the beast didn't exist in our regular three dimensional space time. Like mm. there that's... there was something so other dimensionality dimensional about him that there's no way we could have got a grasp of his size because it wouldn't relate. So I'm like. I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll take right. it. <laughs> Look, I'll take any any half decent explanation. I'll just roll with at this point. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm 
perfectly fine with that. What I'm confused about though is is our King Colwyn. He leaves Cyclops to get squished. He just runs off, and then when the kid and Gooseman fall through the wall, <laughs> when they they fall through the wall, like he he doesn't really help. Like he's kind of like trying to help, but then like the wall kind of closes up, and then he just leaves them. And I'm like, this guy really doesn't care about his crew. He's just like. Eyes on the prize, just going for the princess. And why not break out the glaive earlier? That thing would have yeah. taken out everyone. Yeah. By so the time that, he butts it out, he's had like four opportunities to use that thing. Yeah. yeah, this Andy, you just hit on so many things right now. You're right, because throughout the whole movie, the guy in the quicksand, the um the the guy that in the red shirt that I for some reason figured was the chef of the group. I don't know why. He just felt <laughs> <laughs> like he would be. Uh, the uh the friends who get who like fall through the wall, who by the way, he's closer to them than he is on the other side of the wall, but he still gets pulled away <laughs> yeah. from helping them instead. He leaves the site, he literally leaves everyone behind as yeah. he's doing this. He never saves anybody. Uh, and then Dax, to your point in the very beginning, uh, he says he's not a fighter. The glaive does all the work. He doesn't do anything in this movie. He just goes, whoosh, and he holds his hand out and is that's magic take for a long final time battle. but but there were so many times he could have been using that thing battling these stormtrooper <laughs> slayer guys like yeah he's got he can have effect at a distance with a, a magic weapon that just slices everything like when they were trying to get into the the, the fortress like yeah. that would have come super handy but the old <laughs> one told him you can only use it at the exact right time right i mean he could have thrown it as soon as they knew where it was like when as soon as they were like the the fortress is in the iron desert and they're like let's get some fire mares he could have just been like nah i got this fam whoosh and thrown it and it would have flown over there killed him and be like yeah let's <laughs> walk over there and, and pick up the princess <laughs> like, like, and then the, and again you from just a, a viewing standpoint like you build up this glaive for some reason that really just looks like a, a starfish with knives on it uh the whole movie oh, i i made them out of uh popsicle sticks when i was a kid i'm like let's make a crawl thing <laughs> dude i'm making fun now but as a kid i totally love this thing uh oh, but yeah. yeah as an adult watching it now i'm thinking it, the glaive wasn't even the hero at the end it was true love yeah Are you, <laughs> true love I guess I've never been in love because I cannot shoot fire out of my hands to save my life. Maybe. Did you feel bad for the glaive different. though? I when he kept having his hand out and he's like, eh, "Come back!" <laughs> like the glaive was like, "I'm trying, I'm trying," and then he's like, "Dead." And I'm like, "Ah, oh, the glaive." I, Dax, how am I supposed to think? Like after I spent a whole movie being told that conquering the galaxy is terrible, how am I supposed to feel good knowing that the kids of these two are just going to go conquer the galaxy? Uh, right, knowing that they have hand fire, um, hand fire and glaives at their <laughs> yeah. disposal. Well, did he get the glaive back? I don't think no. he ever got the. It seems like once the, the the castle got sucked up into the sky, I guess uh, I couldn't remember the original ending. So it's like the glaive's gonna just like fly out of those chunks, right, and return mm -hmm. to his hand. It's, it's it seems pretty indestructible. It's got to be somewhere, right? So it's just out there like an Crawl infinity too. stone, just waiting for someone to. <laughs> come upon it curl to yeah yeah the, the son of son of cool wind <laughs> speaking of infinity stones i would have lost it if at the end of end game it was actually uh iron man throws the the glaive at <laughs> <Thanos>. <laughs> that would have been a bit. 
I would have absolutely lost it. Well, that, that, that's the movie. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, this one, I guess for me, I'll say, uh, was definitely a fun childhood movie. Maybe one I shouldn't have gone back and revisited, but um, it, whatever. It was still fun as a kid. It was kind of just one of those, well, I guess this is what we're doing kind of movies. Um, Dax, I'll let you get the last word. Andy, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, yeah. Um, I just thought it was funny that we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark from 81. And then this was two years later. I'm like, did they not watch that movie and go like, oh, this is what we can do? They went, no, we're going to go with what we saw kind of in Flash Gordon. And I thought Prince Coolwin was going to do at the end of Flash Gordon, like the movie just ends. And then Flash Gordon goes, yeah, I was waiting for like a Coolin to do that like as they're yeah. walking away just like yeah and maybe the, the don't you forget <laughs> about me <laughs> it had that yeah but definitely um as we talk in evolution of movies i would say this movie does not hold up no this one felt like it came it out fun. before all the other movies we saw if this came out in like 79 i'd view it a little differently but to your yes. point after Flash Gordon and um, Raiders, of the, Lost Raiders of the Lost Ark and even 48 Hours, this one yeah. felt like it came out before those. But Dax, <laughs> final thoughts on Kroll and revisiting it. Um, well, I'm glad I revisited it because I've never seen it beginning to end and especially <laughs> in its full ratio. Glory. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was able to appreciate it uh for what it exactly is which is a first um and as uh one reviewer said the the one of the things that made this such a cult classic that played on tv a lot is because it doesn't make sense so you you could just <laughs> drop in have it on in the background pay attention for 10 minutes and you haven't missed anything because having seen the whole movie up to that point wouldn't have helped you at all like you could just come in and out of this like That's an so album true. with different songs. You're like, oh yeah, this I didn't need to hear the last song to understand this song. Every scene has no context, uh, right. so you're fine on your own. And if you don't like it, just wait for the next one. Um, and I feel like this is it. It's a product of one of the things I hate the most, which is this movie got cooked up because a studio executive said we need a fantasy movie go write one. And the guy comes back six months later. All right, here's some ideas in a pile that is kind of a fantasy movie. What do you think? And then they're like, all right, here's a pile of money. And we'll, <laughs> we'll keep hashing out the script as we start the production design. Cause we just got to churn out a big thing because yeah, they were like, yeah, look at Star Trek and Star Wars and we'll just put elements from all that. It'll be fine. It doesn't have to make sense. Um, and it was a gigantic, but a $30 million budget. Was it, it made, really? And it made sixteen million dollars. Oh, I'm yeah. shocked at both those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, in nineteen eighty-three, thirty million dollars is a gigantic amount of money, and yeah. you can see it on screen, like the sets alone. You're like, wow, incredible amount of money. It, it was shot on like twelve different Pinewood sound stages. Uh, they kept having to redo the sets as the movie changed and as the script was changed they would have to strike entire sets they had already built and start over because the look and feel and everything was different dax my whole perception of this movie changed because i was kind of giving this movie the benefit of the doubt because i thought it was a no budget movie and so no, i was like no. i was kind of giving it this like okay well you know it's probably low budget probably like had to make some make do with certain things they had 30 million dollars in 1983 and that's <laughs> 
Yeah, gigantic budget for this movie. No money went but, to the but Cyclops. No vision though. going into it. Nobody in charge. <laughs> nobody thought this is what it has to be about. If you're making a movie like this and it's not based on somebody's book already, somebody who's thought these things out, or at least somebody's screenplay they've been pounding out for five years and and figuring it out this is the kind of garbage you, you end up with <laughs> well well dax earlier in the movie they asked what the cyclops would wish for and he said ignorance i think <laughs> this is what he was referring to deep deep the deepest point of the movie resonates yes. yeah um so so that does it for cruel now we got a little segment before we go though and it is six degrees of kevin bacon we'd like to see if andy rossi can connect someone from this movie to Kevin Bacon in six movies. Andy, this one's got to be a tough one. Well, thank God Liam Neeson's in this movie. <laughs> or, it would have been very, very difficult. Um, we actually did Liam Neeson last year. So if you hear uh, the uh, Taken episode, I'm going to do it a little different, though. So I won't repeat myself. So um, Liam Neeson was in a movie called Love Actually, which is one of my favorite romantic comedies, mm -hmm. with uh, my favorite sounding actor. I love his name. Chiwetel Ejiofor is in that movie, who was the lead in 12 Years a Slave, which had Brad Pitt in it. Okay. Brad Pitt was in what movie, Jack? Sleepers. <laughs> Sleepers with yes. Kevin Bacon. So, Dax, there's a little inside bit here. It always ends up being Sleepers. We did no. Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but it's always Sleepers. It might as well be Six Degrees of Sleepers. It's That's always, always where it ends up. Um, it works out that way. So, uh, so that does it for us. That was 1983's Kroll. The next episode is going to be 1984 Ghostbusters. We're going to have special guest Emily May on that episode. After that, we got 1985's The Goonies with special guest Alyssa Moreno. And after that, 1986's Aliens with my girlfriend, Emerald Mons on. It's her favorite movie of all time. I'm excited to have her on as a special guest. Make sure to watch those as they come out. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Uh, I'm Jack. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media and all the stuff I'm working on. Andy, where can the world find you online and what you're working on? You can find me at Just Andy Ross here at Dead Body Movie. And Dax, aka Prince Coolwin, where can the world find you online and all the stuff you're working on? At Dax Jordan out there and DaxJordan.com, of course. Uh, and that does it for us, and we will see you next year.